This episode will be all about the Chinese new law on blockchain technologies and why it's so important to have good policies and why I personally think there's now a race between policymakers on blockchain technology. Have fun. Welcome to The Blockchain Lawyer, a podcast on technology and law. Dennis Hilleman is an accomplished lawyer with over 13 years of experience and a passion for creating a better future through blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive innovations. All statements expressed in this podcast are the opinions of the host and his guests only and are in no way legal or financial advice. And now, here is your host, Dennis. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to a new episode of the blockchain lawyer so it's sunday the 27th of october 2019 and those of you who are into bitcoin trading or trading of altcoins you probably had a few good days because the bitcoin price went way up it was like two seven thousand two hundred dollars just a couple of days back and now at the second as i'm recording this it's at nine thousand five hundred dollars and a cryptocurrency like NEO went up today alone on this day, on this Sunday, by over 30%. And one can wonder what's going on in the cryptocurrency and the blockchain market. And of course, there's a lot of speculation. It's just a bull market, they say. Before that, when Bitcoin went down, it was to test the bottom. And also, there's people who say it's just because there's a trade deal around and the SP 500 is at top level as well. So it's just natural that now the cryptocurrency speculation will go up again. That can be all true. But I personally think um, something else plays a role. And that is that China made big announcement on its own blockchain strategy. And I want to go into this today with you and also talk about the importance of policy making when it comes to blockchain. I hope you will enjoy this episode. So a couple of days ago, a Chinese leader, Xi Jinping, he gave a speech to the Communist Party's elite and he said that greater efforts should be made to strengthen basic research and boost innovation capacity. And he also underlined that technology can be used to empower industries, increase efficiency and lower costs. And, and he especially underlined that Researchers and the economy in China should look into the adoption of blockchain projects. And this is a huge step forward again, because his speech came just a few days after Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg told US lawmakers in a hearing that Libra was essential to projecting Americans' financial leadership around the world. And any delay of a project risk uh, uh, losing the leadership to China. And this is what I, of course, as a lawyer, want to talk about the importance of the importance of policies of laws to empower technology. And what I think what is currently happening now is that we will go into a race concerning blockchain policies and the adoption of blockchain technology with a law with a legal framework that will embrace the adoption of, uh, of blockchain technology worldwide. It's now about who will be the best and the first in making blockchain policies that will work great for the uh, economy. 
And I think China made a huge step forward just yesterday or on Friday because the Standing Committee of the 13th National People's Congress in China, they passed a, a cryptography law on Saturday that will be effective on January 1st, 2020, according to a Chinese media report. And this is a huge step forward. While the new law didn't actually talk much about cryptocurrency as such, it aims nonetheless to tackle emerging regulatory and legal challenges in commercial cryptographic, cryptographic use case, and they play an increasingly important role in developing the Chinese economy. And if you have listened to my other podcast, you will know that cryptography, that's like the basic technology behind blockchain. So what basically China is doing here without naming it as such is like bringing blockchain much larger on the table in China and in Chinese laws by giving a framework that will allow Chinese enterprises, Chinese entrepreneurs and Chinese big tech companies to embrace blockchain technology in their industry. And while and this, this is a step forward for China, a huge step forward, because you must understand China in 2017, they banned the trading of cryptocurrencies. And of course, if you look at it, it made sense for China to ban the trading of cryptocurrencies. You, we all know that China is very much about a different approach to handling their economy and their citizens. They are much about control and being stable in their economy and their political system. So decentralized cryptocurrencies that people can trade without using a bank, without the Chinese authorities involved or having the possibility to check on what is traded, where does the money go, where does the financial flow goes. Of course, this is very much against the Chinese system, the Chinese approach of their leaders to control and have a sustainable economical system. So it made very much sense for China to ban the trading of cryptocurrencies. And of course, that had a huge impact on the cryptocurrency market because the Chinese population played a huge role in it. There were many big players in China. For example, Binance then had to leave China. Binance, uh, the second largest trading platform in the world. We'll talk about that in an upcoming episode too. So it seemed a little like China was maybe not even like blockchain friendly or cryptocurrency friendly on the outside, but nothing can be far off from the truth. China plays a huge role in the blockchain development. A lot of Chinese, um, Chinese enterprises are already developing blockchain solutions. And there was a report and um, a survey done by the consulting firm Deloitte this year and it shows that 73% of the Chinese enterprises believe that blockchain is a top five strategic top five strategic priority for them, and only 56% of American companies do so. And if you look at the patents, if you look at innovations, a lot of Chinese companies are playing a huge role in blockchain innovations. And also, if you look at the um, cryptocurrency NEO, which actually comes from China. And now, as, I, as I'm saying this right now, as I'm saying that it's 40% up just by today, 40% up. It comes from China, so there is cryptocurrency in China. And not only that, 
the Chinese government and the Chinese central bank they made it they made it public that to attack Libra to counter Libra they are working on a public national cryptocurrency. China will release a public national cryptocurrency, and then it makes sense that China also makes the laws now the new cryptography cryptography laws that will empower the companies and of course its own central bank to use blockchain technologies and to boost cryptocurrencies in their home countries. Of course, cryptocurrencies that are controlled by China and uh, NEO is called the Chinese Ethereum for good reason. But nonetheless, China is empowering blockchain technology, the development of blockchain technology and the national digital cryptocurrency that will come not today, not in half a year, but it will come. And it is doing so not only by a blockchain friendly economy and a blockchain friendly atmosphere, but also by policy making. Well, now let me put this clear. I'm not saying we should follow Chinese examples when it comes to the state system, how to make policies or such. That is not what I'm arguing. But what we must be aware of is that China wants to adopt blockchain on big scale. And we must follow that. From my personal point of view, you know, guys, how much I think that blockchain will change our economy, our internet of today, and our social system as well. So, but for that to happen, for that to, for that, that blockchain could boost our economy and can make things happen to the better for all people, we must make policies. And China is doing that while we are far behind that. Regardless of what you think of Mark Zuckerberg, regardless of what you think of the Libra project, why does Mark Zuckerberg say something like what I told you at the beginning, that the US must do something on their policies to US lawmakers, because it's the truth. And why is there a OECD global blockchain policy forum that I attended? Why has the German federal government released a paper on a blockchain strategy? Because they are aware that something is happening and they are aware from my point of view where we get into a race of policymakers and this race of policymakers will regardless of how good your your scientists are how good your entrepreneurs are this race of policymakers will play a huge role on the question which country which economical system will have the biggest part of the upcoming blockchain economy. Because regardless of what you think, law is a huge part of every business out there. I just want to give you an example how I would think of it as a lawyer. Let's say um, a hedge fund comes to me and say, hey, we've got this startup here from in Germany. They have a fantastic blockchain based idea and we want to fund it with one $1 billion. Should we do it? And if I had to look into it as a lawyer, what would I do? I would check their business system and I would check the technology they are offering. And what I would have in Germany now as a lawyer, what I would have probably have to tell the hedge fund is, I'm not sure you can do it. Why? 
because there are so many regulatory questions about blockchain here in Germany alone that probably no one wants to put major money into it as this being at this time. Of course, I know there are startups on blockchain out there that are in Germany even that work. There's a huge startup scene concerning blockchain in, in Berlin. But I also know that quite a few of these guys and girls out there who are doing amazing jobs and have great projects, they have a problem of getting funding. Why? Because the regulatory framework for blockchain in Germany just isn't good yet. It needs to evolve. If you want to do something with financial transactions on a blockchain system, you will have to deal with the BaFin, that's the major public administrations for anything that concerns financial transactions, especially in the banking sector. And they are not very blockchain friendly. They, they, it's not that they are as such against blockchain. They just say, hey, we don't have the laws for it. So what we must be do is we must be prudent. We must be careful. And we can't tell you just like, yeah, go ahead, do it on a blockchain. It's all fine because there's no regulatory framework for it yet. So starting something with financial transactions on the blockchain in Germany is so difficult. So it's no wonder there's no major global blockchain trading platform coming from Germany. Why should there be for cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency and trading in Germany like this? so much insecurity coming from the missing legal framework is it's such a chain or another major issue that we have in germany with blockchain concerns blockchain in eu gdpr um, the european right for data privacy if you look into that and i'm doing that i'm working in a committee at the german institute for standardization and it's all about blockchain and privacy by design it's about creating an industrial standard for that. And it's about solving the issues that blockchain technology has with EU GDPR. And honestly, you can't solve all these issues. If you are a lawyer that is very proactive on blockchain technology, you can say, hey, these issues don't really exist because of this and this. But I'm sure there are many other lawyers out there in Germany which would, which would look at articles written about blockchain in EU GDPR and there are quite a few in German literature. There are also quite a few ones on me on uh, platforms like Medium, which basically say, hey, you can't put any personal data on the blockchain with EU GDPR. I'm not saying you can't because my personal view on that is different. It's also always the question if that's actually personal data, but I don't want to go into this with this episode. We'll go into this deeply in another episode. But what I'm saying is, just imagine, you got this great blockchain idea in Germany. You got this great startup uh, build up. You could maybe have a great team and you have this huge idea of running a blockchain project in Germany that could change the world, but it involves personal data being put on the blockchain. And maybe then you have this hedge fund. Maybe you have this hedge fund who, uh, which wants to support your startup idea on blockchain, which wants to give you the money and is totally persuaded by it. But can they do it? Can they do it? They need to hire a lawyer that checks your business model as a startup. And this lawyer will check on your blockchain business model here in Germany. And what will this lawyer say? It will say, first of all, 
There's no certain legal framework for blockchain projects in Germany. It's the lawyer must do that. Even if this said lawyer loves blockchain, the lawyer must be open and honest to its to his or her client. And the only open and honest reply is there are no certain legal frameworks for blockchain in Germany. And if the blockchain project even involves personal data, the lawyer must say, hey, there are good guys out there like Dennis Hillerman, for example, but also maybe like Michael Colain, Sylvan Jungeri, those really good guys who have deep and good insights into blockchain technology, Jörn App, good to mention as well. And they say, yes, blockchain and EU GDPR, that can work so well. But there's other guys in the German literature, other guys and girls who say no. You can have personal data on the blockchain with EU GDPR. And as a lawyer, as a lawyer, I must inform my client that there's the risk that the later girls and guys writing that blockchain and EU GDPR is not complying, that they might be right. And can a hedge fund then invest $1 billion into your blockchain startup if there is legal uncertainty? Of course it can't. Of course it can't do that because they need to protect their money. And they have investors who want them to protect their money. And if they put $1 billion into your startup and it turns out that this doesn't work for legal reasons, hey, the guys running the, the hedge fund, they will be fired. So this is why the legal frameworks are so important. If we have good legal framework, good legal policies on blockchain that embrace blockchain, that set out the rules clearly for everyone, that say this is possible, this is not possible, and this has to be done to be compliant with the law. If we don't have this, a lot of money will not go into blockchain projects, be them as good as they can be. And now China is evolving. They make this legal framework and they will open by this for Chinese companies to put even more money and more research into blockchain because now they can have legal certainty starting on January 1st. And see, this is why legal frameworks and legal policy making is so very, very important. And we can't be behind on that. If we want to boost blockchain technology, if we want to empower good people out there with the blockchain projects, we as a community, we as politicians, we as lawyers must help them to develop a good legal framework so that their projects can fly. I, for my part, can say that I'm working at the German Institute for Standardization so that we get an industrial standard for blockchain project, at least for blockchain privacy by design. That's at least something, but I hope I can call out to other lawyers in Germany and maybe even politicians on a European level, I don't know, to make, to make this framework, to get us this blockchain policy. Because if we don't do that, China will do it and the money will go into Chinese projects. If we don't do it, at some point the US will do it and they will do it good and the, the big US money will go into the big US firms and the big US projects. But what about Europe? Do we fall behind because of the European Union unable to move and because of the national parliaments not knowing what blockchain is and too slow to move? I don't hope so, but I fear there's a real threat. We are in a race 
of we are in a race. The race is about the best policies for blockchain for the new upcoming blockchain economy. And I see Europe falling behind on it greatly. I hope you guys and girls out there will think about what I said today. And I hope to have you back on the next episode of A Blockchain Lawyer. Thank you for your attention. If you want to learn more about Dennis, please visit his website, theblockchain.lawyer, or connect with him on LinkedIn or Twitter. Until next time, everyone. 